0: Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can find the show online at buildingthefutureshow.com or follow me on Twitter at Building Show. You can also find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. I'm excited to announce that I am now a brand ambassador for the Business Rock Summit in Manchester, England, April 21st and 22nd, where Steve Wozniak is headlining. More details at business-rocks.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have David Tyson, Director of Business Development at Atarian Renewables. David, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, no problem. I think what you guys are doing is super important, and that's kind of why I wanted to have you on the show. But kind of maybe before we get into um, the company, maybe let's get to know you a little bit better and cover kind of where you grew up.
1: Okay, sure. Uh, let's see. I was born in London, England. I uh, lived there until I was about uh, 13 years old. And then we moved over to Canada, over to British Columbia, down on the coast. And uh, now I've moved about four hours away up to the sunny Okanagan. Uh, Kelowna is what most people might know, but uh, nice. there, a little outside of Kelowna, which is Peaceland. A beautiful lake country, kind of like maybe uh, just think north of uh, Tahoe.
0: Right, right. I love that area. I was actually there in the summer. My we have my buddy has a place there and we were staying there for a week. It's I love it. We try to go every year if we can.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh I don't know where all this water comes from in the lake, but uh it's it definitely never rains here. It's sunny 8 months of the year and it's really kind of a two climate place. You just get about 2 months of winter and uh, the rest is is a uh, nice nice dry uh, warm weather most of the time somewhere between You know, um, 20 to 40 degrees kind of thing.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. So I'm curious then, kind of, what did you take in post-secondary?
1: Oh, uh, I did two years of college, which was criminology. Uh, At that time, I thought I wanted to be a police officer, but by the time I'd uh, finished my two years at crim, uh, I'd taken some economics and uh, I really found that interesting, so I transferred up to business, and then uh, moved into economics up at uh, Simon Fraser University down on the coast.
0: Oh, nice! That's awesome. So, yeah. what did what did you do kind of once you graduated?
1: Uh, well, while I was going to college, I was uh, mostly working in construction. I sort of thought, "Geez, if I'm going to get a business degree here, I should probably get a job in an office." And uh, I ended up. Uh, my first office job was working at the at the federal government. I started off as a collection officer, and then uh, just moved up the ranks for various jobs, uh, you know, in the accounting departments and from uh, and collections uh, up to being an investigator for the federal government. Oh, really? And then, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, it turns out my criminology wasn't uh, didn't turn out to be a waste. So,
0: so <laughs> what kind of stuff there, but, are you doing, or investigating? Uh, I guess.
1: Uh, fraud for people that, uh, uh, it was unemployment insurance, basically, and so it could be people that uh, were maybe on vacation and collecting benefits. Uh, there's lots of programs such as uh, FedEx mail gets checked. So uh, the, the board of people would send us uh, faxes all the time with people writing uh, letters uh, to their roommates saying, yeah, can you please send in my cards for me? Now it's all done electronically, so yeah, maybe you can get away with it. I don't know that's you know i'm talking about uh, from 20 years ago when i worked there but right but yeah, it was fraud fraud investigations people were collecting uh unemployment benefits uh, when they were really working under the table or something like that
0: interesting huh so then how did you start with atarian renewables
1: uh well uh, i guess just to finish uh, my background there then uh, sure. after the federal government i went into uh i uh, really uh got into the stock market and took my securities course and uh Was being a prop trader up until the dot-com days and the bubble burst, and realized that wasn't as good as a trader as I thought it was. (laughs) But luckily, I'd sort of divested uh, some of my my um, profits into real estate, and that's what sort of led us up to the Okanagan here. Real estate took off after that, and uh, I just sort of found myself in uh, that wave and. when I sold our properties down on the coast, uh, you know, from a trading stocks sort of background, you know, you're trading apples at apples unless you decide to move into different jurisdictions. So, so I moved up to the Okanagan here, and um, and uh, yeah, when 2008 subprime crash happened, I found myself uh, uh, needing a you know, real estate tanked, and uh, so I've been basically self-employed for the last 15 years. So. I found a uh, need to reinvent myself and uh, find a new career and sort of just being aware of what's going on in the world, just the same as everyone else. Uh, really, I don't know if I can see into the future, but I'm starting to think I can a bit and see around corner, uh, You know, I just seem to be able to position myself in, uh, into what's coming next. And uh, just uh, out of concern for sustainability of the planet, I was... Um, Talking in regards to a different project that I wanted to get going in regards to some people, and uh, just by uh, chance or synchronicity, Lloyd's son just happened to uh, Lloyd as uh, uh, Lloyd Davis is that founder and CEO and the creator of our process and solid biofuel. But his son just happened to be uh, at that meeting and uh, told me his dad was working in biomass, and I was like, well, you did get your dad to give me a phone call. And uh, yeah, about a couple of weeks later, he did, and and, uh, told me about what he was working on and what he'd created. And, uh, he was just basically coming out of about four and a half years of, uh, research and development. And now was into the, uh, let's, uh, commercialize this this process and raise some capital. And I was, uh, basically blown away by what he'd done and saw the, the potential of this and also, uh, saw that I thought I could help him out on the capital raise side of things. So, um, that was about a year and a half ago, and, uh, yeah, here we are today, uh, you know, still raising capital, but uh, we've really sort of reached the critical mass, and we've got some a number of projects on the on the drawing boards, but, uh, yeah, that was how I started with Artaren.
0: Interesting. So, I'm kind of curious, maybe, like, what exactly is the company, and what are you guys trying to do? Uh,
1: what Artaren is, is that uh, it's an innovation in the, in the field of biomass, uh, Uh, What we do is uh, we're able to basically make uh, a direct replacement for coal, which has all of the beneficial characteristics of thermal coal, uh, without the negative, and the negatives being pollution, sequestered CO2.
0: Interesting. Yeah, no, I I think that's super important because obviously we we all know coal is not great for the planet, and the fact that you guys are kind of coming up with an alternative uh, is, is pretty pretty awesome and and really intriguing to me so i'm curious though how kind of um the whole thing got started and and maybe kind of talk about um how you guys kind of decided to kind of get into this thing originally and kind of maybe the history of artarian and and kind of uh you know the space and and maybe even the founder's background a little bit
1: sure uh, it's, uh, it was almost the same as, uh, myself sort of stumbling into our Terran. Lloyd, our founder, pretty much stumbled into this solid biofuels, uh, field himself. He, uh, his background, uh, in being a genius and, uh, speaking many languages, as he, as he said, and then when he means languages, he means like physics, chemistry, you know, lawyer, he speaks all of those sort of things, but, mm-hmm. um, he, uh, previously, his background, he'd been working in uh, catalytics for uh, uh, an auto manufacturer in, in regards to the, the exhaust, um, which was, uh, you've got X amount of exhaust uh, pollution basically coming out, and they would, uh, I think it was ammonia, he said, they had to, they they had involved, so by the exhaust going through the ammonia, were a catalytic uh, reaction would happen, and it would uh, change the molecules of the exhaust out. I'm not the technologist, so I may be getting that wrong, but uh, that was basically on the catalytic side of things. And then he was down at UBC, um, uh, I think about the innovations uh, research place there, but uh, we're doing some research with some uh, other people and started to, uh, they're working on solid biofuels. And, um, and it was pretty much along the way, on the, on the same sort of catalytic side, I mean, uh, liquid biofuels, I should say, not solid. And uh, he sort of just decided that, the, or discovered that he didn't think the economics for making liquid biofuels was uh, as viable as working on the on the solid side. And uh, I'm guessing what that is is if you know, there's a lot more processing obviously know, involved in creating a liquid biofuel than there's a solid biofuel. It's probably going to be a lot more pure and and, uh, and stuff like that. So you know, it doesn't clog up our motors and things. So he, uh, just found himself shifting into solid biofuels. And, uh, that's sort of how we, how we got, uh, created it or started it. So that was about, um, our chance has been around, I think, for pretty much close to six years. So I've been him for a year and a half and, uh, Lloyd was yeah, pretty much, uh, working on this for about four and a half years in research and development. So I guess, uh, the way it sort of goes is theoretically he knew, uh, what was possible, and now in the lab, it was, uh, can I can I create this, uh, which pretty much what Arcturin does is it takes the cellulose molecule, which is the, or a compound, which is the, the most abundant compound on the planet uh, outside of uh, water, and uh, which is found in all biomass, so it could be trees, manure, municipal, solid waste, which is 40 to 50% uh, biomass, could be uh, you know, grass, um, even human effluent uh, solid. So it's, uh, it's an abundant uh, feedstock and there's lots of waste materials that are sitting around in the planet uh, which aren't being utilized and are even actually creating a bit of a problem. But uh, yeah, he moved into um, working on these uh, at the lab scale. Uh, I think he told me he had uh, well to explain pretty much our technology It's uh, he creates a uh, Uh, With food-grade chemicals, uh, pretty much what he explains is the world's smallest scissors, which is uh, we take the cellulose molecule and nibbles off some of the left combustibles, and he's now left with more combustible molecules and some added oxygen, uh, which creates a solid biofuel, which now is in the ranges of the highest grades of coal. Uh, And with the added oxygen that's in there, you get a complete burn, which now results... In uh, one percent of the ash uh, content is is created, which is where coal creates uh, sixteen to fifteen percent ash. And of course, that ash in coal has a whole bunch of nasty chemicals in uh, uh, it—arsenic, sulfur—and you know, uh, which is not good for people with breathing problems. Sure. Uh, And um, and now with the other parts uh, of the product is. It's uh, hydrophobic, so it's uh, just like coal. It can be stored outside, shipped outside, and uh, it grinds and burns exactly like coal, which makes it uh, what's known in the industry as a drop-in replacement. So currently, for coal-fired plants, this business model is uh, under attack from uh, other renewables such as solar and wind, um, there, and uh, as well as uh, increasing emissions standards and also now. Uh, climate uh, change, so that's creating uh, carbon taxes are increasing. So, uh, yeah, the coal fired plants are, I think the epitaph has been written for them. They have to upgrade uh, to reduce their emissions, or uh, they've now got to their options as we're switching to um, plain wood pellets, which uh, that industry has grown 1300% since 2002, or they can convert to natural gas. So to convert to wood pellets, it's uh, $650,000 uh, per megawatt conversion cost. For natural gas, it's uh, $1.2 million per per megawatt uh, to convert. Uh, but now you can simply switch to our Terence product at no no additional cost. So um, in terms of what's happening in climate change and how long does it take us to, for the world to uh, move beyond coal, which um, 41% of the world's electricity is created by coal, um, creating 44% of all CO2 emissions. So as much as we realize we now need to move off of coal and there's viable technologies to, to make that happen, it's going to take uh, many, well, at least a decade, I think. Uh, and we're, we're probably looking more like maybe closer to 20 years sure. for, for you know all these other renewables to ramp up and uh, replace coal so but now with uh, our terror coming along uh, I I think we may be able to you know I just sort of guessed at this number but I wouldn't be surprised if we were able to knock maybe a a decade or so off by coal plants converting simply to to our product so now just nearby these facilities we need to ramp up our our facilities uh, and using local waste materials, whether it's sawdust come out of uh, mills or, or manure, uh, which could be cattle, pig, chicken, uh, such as in Canada. There's, uh, uh, there's enough cattle manure alone to uh, turn into a solid biofuel which creates um, enough electricity to power 60 million homes.
0: Wow, that's so incredible.
1: Uh, yeah, and, uh, and around the world with, uh, from just uh, creating sugar, uh, from the sugar cane, what's left over is known as bagasse. It's the stock and stuff. And uh, from talking to other nations, yeah, there's mountains of this stuff just sitting around, which has basically no economic value, which now can be turned into a, a solid biofuel uh, to replace coal and uh, keep that sequestered CO2 in the ground.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's fascinating to me. So I'm curious how you, because you said Lloyd spent five years kind of before you started how did he kind of fund this, or did you get like grants, or self fund, or or how did he kind of afford to do all this research?
1: Yeah, it's been uh, mostly through his uh, own funding. But uh, here in Canada, when you're doing research and development, you can claim what's known as a shred.
0: Oh yeah, uh, okay, when you yeah.
1: Your, when you do your taxes, so whatever money you put in, you can. Uh, well, I think right now the the deduction is about 55% uh, as a blanket, uh, I think last year it was 65% and maybe in previous years it might have been uh, higher than that, but so it basically means that if you put $100 in, uh, you'll get $55 back. So, so Lloyd had his own funds and he was funding it from his own in the beginning and uh, then also he recouping uh, whatever was the allowable back and, and uh, that kept the, the process going.
0: Sure. No, I, I think that's awesome. Um, so I'm curious then, kind of, you said you're kind of, you have a product. How are you kind of going to market and what are your kind of strategies around going to market?
1: So um, the stage art is that now is uh, after sort of moving from uh, a lab, uh, small team, uh, our process is a, a reactor, which is known as a, a bioreactor. It's uh, glass-lined, and in goes our, our uh, whatever our feedstock may be—wood shavings or, or agricultural waste, or whatever case may be—and then the food-grade catalyst that uh, Lloyd is, uh, w- which is the secret sauce in our process, basically. And um, so he's scaled up from, you know, a tin can-sized reactor uh, over the years, larger and larger, to 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 show the scalability. Uh, and uh, so, our largest reactor that we've been tested at now is uh, 1100 liters. Oh, wow. And, uh, which is uh, considered a, a commercial scale. Sure. Like I think if we just had that running on a, on a daily basis, it'd probably produce, I don't know, uh, maybe about a quarter million dollars worth of uh, product each year. So, um, definitely a commercial, but uh, nothing that's going to change the world. Um, so we've been independently tested now uh, along those ways of scaling up over those uh, five years from uh, BC Hydro's PowerTech, which is uh, here in British Columbia's largest utility. Uh, they've tested our product. Uh, we've also been tested by SGS, which is a world-renowned testing facility for our low emissions uh, uh, or no pollution, I should say, low ash and um, and then our increased energy density, which is about. Forty percent greater than uh, wood pellets at the moment, and rivaling the highest grades of coal. And then also from grow uh, Technologies, uh, which I believe is uh, out of Alberta, right where you're at. Right. So we've, uh, we've scaled up our process. We've been tested independently along the lines, and now we're now we're in uh, this uh, last phase, which is jumping to commercial production. So uh, there's sort of two facets uh, we're moving to uh, to make that happen. Uh, one is on the developing projects side and uh, trying to either find joint venture partners uh, to get in on that side and also now speaking to investors and uh, venture capitalists and um, institutional investors uh, to, to raise capital for our project. So what we're working on currently is uh, here in Peachland. Uh, we've gone to the, the local municipality and we said, who said, hey, we'd uh, like to create this uh, product because it's in our backyard, uh, a 15-megawatt facility here in Peachland. And uh, if you want to help us make this happen uh, by your in-kind contribution, so what they're going to do is they're going to donate the land to us uh, and we'll give them back a percentage of the project. So it's 15-megawatt because here in British Columbia, the Power Authority has a a stand-in 15-megawatt facility, purchase power agreement. So they'll basically buy up to 15 megawatts of electricity off of whoever produces it. Right. So we're going to create uh, 15 megawatts of electricity, which is pretty much twice the power that uh, Peachland, with a population of 5,000, requires. It will get sold to the grid, and then we'll collect uh, checks from BC Hydro. And uh, well basically, we're, our, it's uh, this project... Um, We'll take 23% of the biofuel that we create uh, and utilize it in a turbine here to create the electricity. With about 77% of the uh, remaining biofuel, that we'll now start to ship around the world to coal-fired plants for them to test our product and uh, and uh, get some orders from. Them.
0: That's awesome.
1: So that's uh, on, that's on a yeah that's on our one project side here. That's uh, so it will be 24 reactors. And uh, cost roughly fifteen million dollars to build that project. Oh, wow. we return a gross of twenty-eight million dollars, and uh, we're very viable. We'll, uh, this is all in U.S. dollars actually, and uh, we net about uh, nine million dollars a year.
0: Oh wow, that's awesome! So when is this kind of going to be? I guess built and in like twenty sixteen, or it takes longer than that, or?
1: Uh, yeah, we will start uh, construction sometime, hopefully in the spring
0: okay and
1: um, and it should take us about eight months to, to complete the whole project but what we're planning on doing uh, it all depends if we get the 15 million dollars right off, right off the bat uh, then we'll, we'll just go ahead and build the whole whole project uh, sure. if we end up maybe just getting a few million dollars in the beginning because it's 24 reactors so once we get about two reactors we can just put the, put those together and uh, start producing biofuel on a daily basis Uh, so we're scaling up from 1100 liters to these reactors are 7500 liters so for the investment community out there even though we've been you know we've scaled up over the years and we've been independently tested there's you know there's still the very skeptical investors are like well you're not producing this on a daily basis so uh, so it's beneficial for us to get a couple of reactors up and running right. uh, if that's just how the, how the funding works out to, and start producing you know, uh, X amount of tons per day. Uh, so that may either happen here at Peachland or uh, we've won some significant awards lately. And last time we were in Vancouver, uh, we met up with uh, BCIT, the British Columbia Institute of Technology, and they've offered us to uh, their facilities and uh, the Applied Research Center to uh, build our, uh, the couple of either two to four reactors down there. So uh, we may end up, um, and it looks like that's going to happen, uh, actually put our first couple of reactors together down there while Peachland goes through the um, approval process being the government. They've got a all of the lands are currently zoned uh, parks, so they got to zone, the ones we've selected that they gave to us, they've now got to rezone those, and uh, I think there'll, there'll be a public consultation process uh, involved with that. So while they're working through that, uh, we'll probably uh, get going on building the uh, couple of reactors down in Vancouver at the BCIT facility. And then uh, that will basically work out to be the backbone of uh, the Peachland project, and we'll just ship it up here because that process is modular. Uh, so it sort of serves two functions. We'll, uh, we'll not only be uh, presenting to uh, the rest of the world and the, the numerous interest that we are receiving from around the world from. We're getting contacted by uh, just yesterday, there was uh, two coal-fired plants from the United States that uh, that got uh, hold of us. We're now starting to reach out to them and they're asking more questions. Uh, we're talking to someone in Alberta as well. Uh, there was a, I got a contact from a nuclear facility in uh, Africa, uh, interested in our technology, um, and uh, there's also a few other people in, in Africa. So we're getting interest from around the world, uh, and we're also working on a, a project. Uh, we're about five months into those negotiations with, with Ontario because Ontario... Shut all their coal fired plants down, uh, I think around 2009 or so. Right. Uh, but, uh, which, is, which is great to know because um, coal has presented a, a conundrum for the planet in, in that it's uh, cheap, uh, reliable baseload energy, but uh, you know, at a terrible, terrible cost to helping the planet. Totally. And there really hasn't been a, a solution. Up until uh, now, that uh, solar and wind are becoming economical, but they still uh, don't compete with uh, the cost of coal, and uh, they're they're not baseload electricity, which means uh, when the, when we all turn our air conditioners on and uh, uh, well, the world's energy needs ramp up, you just can't ramp up solar electricity. It just comes in. Uh, as, The sun beats or the wind blows, basically. Sure. Uh, Whereas with uh, these on demand facilities, you you can just bung more coal in the furnace and uh, create more electricity. So there's always going to be a future for uh, baseload power and this on demand power. And that's sort of the bastion, the strength of coal still now, as it's uh, until Mr. Tesla or whoever else ramps up the storage Mm -hmm. solutions. Uh, that are viable and are already ramped up around the world, Uh, there's going to be coals uh, that will still be able to hang in there, still being uh, cheaper and uh, a necessary uh, requirement for base load electricity. So that's really the strength now of our Terran, that we sort of come in here is, you know, if the epitaph was coal has been written by solar and wind, uh, I think we're the final nail in the coffin.
0: No, I think that's awesome. And that's kind of why I wanted to have, um, well, you and, and you know, you guys on the show is because I love the idea that you guys are basically fixing the problems with old infrastructure because, yeah, there's a lot of guys doing some really cool stuff in kind of the renewable space. But part of the problem is, is, well, there's all this old infrastructure. And what you guys are doing is you're basically saying, instead of burning coal, just burn our product. And I love that idea, right? And I think more people need to kind of think about that. And um, I'm curious, though, you guys are making connections throughout, you know, kind of the world and whatnot. Do you have any tips and advice on kind of how to go about dealing with governments and these big organizations and, and whatnot? Because obviously you're talking to them and you guys are getting projects um happening and started with them do you kind of have any advice for people looking to do the same
1: um yeah don't give up and uh, have lots of patience that and keep knocking on doors it's uh you know from being self-employed and you know basically creating my own projects with the with my own funds uh or investing in the stock market or or in real estate you know you sort of decide that this is a a viable project to do and you i've just been able to started organically myself so uh this uh trying to attract interest and raise funds is it's humbling so are I've, you uh, cold
0: calling or are you just cold emailing or are you just trying to ask for do you know anybody that works at such and such a place kind of thing
1: uh yeah it has been lots of uh cold calling and uh, you know working through the the internet on via various websites and and such uh just sort of uh that these awards have been uh, very good for uh, attracting attention to us but uh yeah it's um what's basically it started off with uh, Lloyd and then myself and then uh I've attracted now some uh, brokers basically that uh, pair up uh their investors that they're aware of with um have a solar and wind or in our case biomass right so uh they're basically out there acting as brokers bringing interested parties to the table. So, uh, that's how it's working on the financing side. And then I've been working, uh, I really don't have to do so much on the finances side. We've got a, a, quite a team now working for us on that. And then, uh, I've, um, started to speak with Peachland cause I actually speak, uh, live in Peachland and brought this project to them. Uh, so they've been very interested. It's been about a year. So that's the government side of things. Um, you know, you'd think when you go to someone, and you, uh, and you're like, "Hey, we're we're willing to if we give you some money, if you would just p- uh, partner up some land here, uh, that it would ha- things would happen a lot faster." But uh, no, someone you to work a bit of a glacial pace, sure. nothing like uh, corporations do. And uh, so, yeah, it, it takes a uh, it you know if as I see this, uh, I, I'm a, I think this is groundbreaking technology that may even win a a Nobel Prize, and you know. Uh, we're really, uh, I think, reached a critical mass now uh, that uh, funding for our projects are just around the corner. We've got some significant government meetings coming up now uh, that we started a couple of weeks ago and uh, for December 1st to 3rd we'll be in Vancouver uh, following up on that. But uh, for a while there it was, uh, you know, I'm watching the, the world talk about uh, climate change and, you know, how we've got to get off of coal and and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, the whole movement of sustainability and into renewables, and I almost felt like a, a voice in the background going, hey, hello, over here. Like, <laughs>
0: we're,
1: we're the saviors, and, uh, uh, you yeah, it, uh, know, it's taken a lot longer. You know, it's been a year and a half since I've been working on this. I really would have thought. Um, <laughs> well, I, if you got, if, right now I just finished saying, yeah, I think funding is, like, uh, around the corner, but I said that six months ago. Sure, so. <laughs> but but I think uh... that's really
0: good to mention, right? Because everybody talks about, oh, you just put out a product and then you're gonna get money right away. I I like the fact that you're being honest about and of how long it takes. And I know I've worked on some government projects over the years, and yeah, like they do move a lot slower, and especially big corporations, they move a lot slower, and it's just it's just how they are, and you need to be patient and ride it out, and and whatnot. And I think. You know the reward at the end is going to be totally worth it, and and it makes makes sense for you guys. And and I guess just keep at it. And I love what you guys are doing. I know, um, you kind of mentioned and when we talked before, um, you guys won some awards recently. Do you maybe want to kind of cover what you guys won? Sure,
1: uh, but I guess I'll just finish off that last question here because I just thought about uh, what I thought how I posed to the band a lot. Uh, sure. More succinctly. Yeah, my advice to um, any entrepreneurs in whatever field, I would say from now, what I've learned is uh, sort of uh, try to grow your circle. Whether or not uh, you can get some people that are going to work for you for free, pretty much, you know, for you know, uh, for a return in the future, which is pretty much what I've been doing for the last year and a half. But um, now that we have, uh, as I as I see it, it's it's almost like. Um, yeah, you just sort of, your circle just starts to get bigger with the contacts you make over time, and you start to, you know, from the, the brokers we've attracted, and then from, from uh, one of the brokers basically led us to uh, another biomass company, and uh, we believe that uh, CEO of that company is actually going to turn out to be the CEO of our company, and he's the one that actually brought the Ontario uh, project uh, to the table, which is... Uh, in Ontario, they shut down all these coal-fired plants, and and uh, but you're right, it's wasted infrastructure. They they still have economic life left to them. We just don't want to be burning burning coal with them. So he's brought those projects to the table, but uh, just bit by bit now, in uh, really the last six months, we've started to, uh, you know from the Peachland project, which led to uh, this Cidit, it's known as the, which is the Southern Interior Development and Investment Trust. They're now interested in uh, being part of a consortium of investors to, to fund the project. So on the investment community side, uh, no one seems to really want to be first, but once you sort of get uh, one person involved, then uh, someone else will come in with part of the funding. And that's, uh, you know, so out of this $15 million, we may all find one person that, or, or institution that may... Due to funding, but uh, it really looks like it's going to be a consortium of, of different investors that come in with a couple of million here and a couple of million there. And uh, yeah, no one seems to. I don't know if uh, you know myself coming from an investment background, I've I found it easy to, to jump into investments if I've you know if I thought it was the uh, the right thing to do. But uh, I'm I'm really I don't know if it since 2008. There's a, there's not a appetite for risk, and I really don't think we're the risk on our project is super low. We've scaled up. We've been tested. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I know we're very viable. But, uh, yeah, for you know, those entrepreneurs out there, yeah, try to grow your circle and, and get different uh, people in. And it, you will also just reach, as I keep referring to it, as, as a critical mass, And then uh, the, your, your efforts won't uh, need to be, uh, so much on knocking on doors anymore. It will just now start to grow on its own, and that's uh, really the stage that we're at now. I think we've sort of reached the critical mass, and it's uh, becoming a, a, a bit of a beast all on its own. We're now going to fully get this funding and grow really fast. And uh, and and lots, uh, once we're up and running, uh, producing X amount of tons a day, there's going to be much more interest from around the world. And uh, there's going to be some growing pains for this company, that's for sure. But yeah, yeah, keep knocking on doors
0: sure no i think that's really good advice you guys won some recent awards so i maybe do you want to kind of talk about what those were and and kind of what they were for
1: uh yeah sure uh the first award i applied for was uh the tech awards which is out of uh california silicon valley and even though i just sort of came across it online and uh um applied for it i wasn't quite uh aware of how prestigious it, uh, it is but uh it is known as the oscars of silicon valley um and if anyone uh, out there is not quite aware but yeah that's uh, there's a lot of innovation happening in silicon valley and that attracts a lot of the money so sure. a lot of the people that we're talking to are actually down there so it's uh it was quite a prestigious award and uh Uh, What uh, the Tech Awards is all about is uh, people are using technology uh, for the betterment of humanity. So I applied to that, and we were named as a finalist. So a finalist isn't someone that won. Uh, Our category was for sustainable development. And um, it's about a five-month vetting process. And, uh, yeah, we were named as finalists. Pretty much what held us back is they really wanted to see some uh, Demonstrable impact, and uh, we can't actually say we're reducing this much CO2 or pollution because we're not in commercial production. So right. that's why we sort of were the the runner-up in, in
0: that one. But that's um, still a really good achievement. I, I think maybe you're downplaying it a little bit, but I, I think that's a really good achievement to be a finalist in those in that awards, right? And just even getting exposure for, for the company is even worth it, right? And the fact that it took five months and and you came out, it, it like, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, uh,
1: absolutely. Uh, even though we've won some uh, other awards, yeah, I think maybe that finalist one might have been... Uh, our biggest award to date, uh, um, but uh, yeah, no, it is uh, we're we're honoured to be, uh, have been named a finalist, and uh, they were they sort of went above and beyond, I think, to reiterate to us uh, or and explain that uh, if we apply next year, we we I think uh, depend on what the other ones uh, apply, but uh, yeah, once we're up and running, I think if we reapply back next year, then we'll be named uh, a laureate, which is uh, one of the finalists, but yeah, that uh, it, to be named the finalist means we got uh, out of all of the people that applied in that category, we made it down to the, the last five. So yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, it, it's an honor and uh, um, yeah, we're, and you're cor- absolutely correct. Uh, these, uh, this, this is uh, bit, bits of pressure gets put out there, which uh, attract other people, uh, which might have led to um, fierce energy. Uh, which is uh, a magazine that's uh, out there. and, and um, They named us as one of 15 um, smart grid companies uh, to watch in 2015. So that was another accolade that we received.
0: That's um, awesome. Congrats. We, uh,
1: yeah. yeah. Then we applied for uh Startup Canada award for also, actually uh, the tech awards was the environment it was, uh, that was, was known as uh, we applied for sustainable development for Startup Canada. We're we're uh, one that for the uh, Western region of Canada. That's awesome! Uh, Congrats. Yeah, that was just uh, recently, and that uh, might have been a bit of a straw, because that was uh, that was that was just about uh, two weeks. We went down to Vancouver for the for the gala and the awards night uh, for that. But uh, so as a result of this trip to Vancouver the various uh, agencies, government agencies that I have been in contact with. Um, I let them know we were going to be in Vancouver, present an opportunity for us to get together face to face, which uh, that'd be another advice to entrepreneurs, try to get face to face, you know, because uh, there's, um, yeah, we've reached out to these government agencies before about us and you, you sort of get uh, feedback and there's, oh, you, oh, this is interesting, but, uh, hasn't gone anywhere but yeah, meeting up with them in person while we we're down, down there really has been has been huge we've uh, there's FDTC we can get some funding from we have an app with them they're uh, quasi government agency uh, that vets uh, projects such as, such as ours uh, they're trying to create new technologies which are beneficial to, to the market uh, so we have an app in with them and uh yeah meeting up with them down there uh, they seem much more interested in uh in our technology than just uh when we when we contacted them via emails uh we've also met up with the british columbia ministry of international trade um who came to uh, Hart baines came to the awards of us and then we uh had a follow-up meeting the next day uh down at his office uh which lasted about two hours and uh and normally I'm the promoter for our product, but uh, he was, he for about two hours was like, wow, do you guys really know what you've got here? This is uh, quite something. So uh, he's already, uh, India was just in town and uh, we had some uh, conference calls of uh, some India representatives just a little weeks ago that uh, came for us from the British Columbia Ministry of International Trade in the clean Tech Division. And uh, we'll be meeting up with them and uh, Trade Canada, again, that we met up with last time, and some uh, industry reps that are actually going to be in Vancouver for a big biomass conference uh, to sort of get everyone together and say this is the stage that we're at. We're getting all this interest from the rest of the world, uh, coal fired plants and uh, other people that like to utilize that technology, but uh, they'd really like to get a couple of tons of product to test and uh, then they'll then they'll start placing orders uh, you know so we need to get a, a couple of reactors up and running or uh, or actually get this peachland uh, financing up and running so that's the stage we're at uh, right now and uh, we've, uh, yeah we've got uh, some funding sort of uh, getting lined up we're speaking to investors every day uh, so yeah I really think uh, we're it's uh, any day that's uh Someone's gonna, you, know, you know, whether it turns out to be, the 15 million we need, or someone buys a chunk of us for 50 million or 100 million, who knows? But we're uh, getting it It's uh, really exciting.
0: No, totally. I I love how you're totally open and honest about kind of the day-to-day kind of pros and cons of being a startup, right? And talking about the hustle and and how important it is to network and kind of keep at it. And and like you said, you kind of have good days and bad days and. You never know, right, when, when the next thing's around the corner. And, you know, sometimes it takes a longer than you're hoping and whatnot. But um, sadly, Dave, we're out of time. But I, I want to kind of close the show with you kind of promoting where people can find you guys online, any social media. And if people kind of want to help or get involved with you guys, how, how they can go about doing that.
1: Uh, let's see. Well, uh, there's our, our website, which is uh, RTR Renewables at Uh We've also got a, a Facebook page, RTR Renewables, of course. Um, uh, there's a Twitter, RTR Renewables. it's it, uh, at RTR Renew, I should
0: say. Okay.
1: Because uh, you can't get that many characters in. and Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, David Tyson, T-I-E-S-S-E-N. You can also find me on LinkedIn.
0: Perfect. And I'll post all these uh, links in the show notes so people can actually just go to the website and uh, find you guys and all the links that you just mentioned. But uh, Dave, thanks again for taking the time out of your day to talk about, you know, um, Artarian and what you guys are doing and and just kind of giving advice and talking kind of about the real world of how, you know these things go i i love it i think it was awesome and i i really appreciate you doing it
1: yeah and uh, thanks kevin i really appreciate your show that uh you know shedding light on startups and entrepreneurship and uh it's a it's it's an exciting field it's kind of maybe similar to being a starving artist i'd say
0: totally (laughs) (laughs) but
1: uh but yeah you get out there but it's uh it's a lot of 12 to 14 hour days and uh I think maybe a lot of uh, entrepreneurs might be dead if it wasn't for cold pizza and bowls of cereal. <laughs> but,
0: uh, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I like it. But,
1: uh, yeah, keep going at it, uh, you know, as long as you've got yourself in a, an industry that uh, has a future and uh, you just keep uh, knocking on doors and, and uh, being passionate, uh, you, you'll make it.
0: Yeah, perfect, man. Thanks. And if I have anybody else that I think I could pass along to you guys, um, I'll, I'll do that and you know hopefully we can we can get something and, and uh, you know you get your 15 mil as soon as possible
1: thanks Kevin and I'll uh, yeah we'll we'll stay in contact and uh, I'll let you know how things progress
0: sounds great man alright well uh, talk soon have a good one take care sir bye bye thanks for listening you can visit past shows at buildingthefutureshow.com If you're going to the Startup Expo on February 16th and 17th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and want to record an episode, please contact me. The music for the show is by Electric Mantra. Check them out at electricmantra.com. Until next time, keep building the future.